Let's be on our feet as we go into the message today. Glory be to God in the highest heaven. Glory be to God in the highest heaven. For His mercy has the red forever. Amen. For His mercy has the red forever. Amen. Father, we want to thank you because your mercy endured forever. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us. Thank you for this hour, the hour of your word. Pray that, Lord, you will speak to us this morning. We give each and every one of all that word that we need for today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, please have your seat. This morning, we are going to be discussing on the topic, Positioning Yourself for Bountiful Harvest of Souls and Blessings. Positioning Yourself for Bountiful Harvest of Souls and Blessings. John 15, 16. John 15, 15. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. In other words, I appointed you. I commanded you. I employed you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. I want to pay attention to this scripture very well. Please, can I, can I have it again, please? The same scripture. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever, somebody say whatsoever, whatsoever. ye shall ask of the Father in my name, this is Jesus speaking, he may give it you. We're going to be discussing these scriptures in line with our precept and promise for this year. Our promise for the year is found in Isaiah 30, verse 23. God promised us bountiful harvest. Isaiah 30, 23. Then shall ye give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, 
and bread of the increase of the herd, and it shall be fat and plenteous. In that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. Now, many of us, we don't come to vigil. The Holy Spirit expanded what the blessings that are loaded in these scriptures for us. And I will run through it quickly because of those of you that did not come to that meeting. What are the blessings God has packaged for you and I this year? Because as human beings, we are attracted to blessing. It helps us to do more. And God knows that. Even Jesus said for the joy that was set before him. Jesus did what? He endured the cross. So if there's nothing wrong in you having an expectation up front. So what are the blessings God have in store for us this year? Number one there he said, rain of thy seed. Rain of thy seed. And we said, what does that mean? It means God is packaging us for a flourishing season throughout this year. Spiritually and physically. God is packaging for us to be spiritually so flourish that it will be a blessing. That when you lay out on the sick, they will recover. When you pray for those that are sick in your office, they will catch fire, receive their healing, and they will follow you to church. That is rain of what? Blessing. Flourishing, what does it mean? It means you will not experience any dryness this year. In your career, in your finances, in your business, in your body, no dryness. Psalms 92, verse 12 to 14. Psalms 92, 12 to 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. It shall grow like cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. King James Version. Number two blessing that you see there. Bread of increase. Bread of increase. It means God has packaged increase on every side. Promotion unlimited. Going from one glory to glory. From strength to strength. Increasing on every side. Psalms 105 verse 24. And he increased his people greatly. He increased his people greatly. And made them stronger than their enemies. He increases people greatly and make them stronger than their enemy. Psalm 115, verse 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Amen. The third blessing that God has packaged for us in that scriptures is that you will be fat and plenteous. Fat and and plenteous. That talks about overflowing blessing. 
you'll be fat, despite all the gym, all the gym, all the whatever you do. <laughs> you'll be fat, not fat physically, but fat what? In blessing, in resources, and you will be a blessing. In Psalms 23, verse 5, Psalms 23, verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, and you did not stop there. You, you did what? My cup overflow. That is what we call overflowing blessing. Fat and plenty in everything good that God has in store for you. And finally, the blessing God has packaged for you and her in that scripture, chapter 23, is that you will have large pastors. That talks about enlightenment of your goal, enlightenment of your dream, enlightenment of your goal, enlightenment of your ideas, enlightenment of your vision. No more restriction, no more barrier, no more something to limit you to achieve that great high that God has shown you. And I'm, I'm, I'm persuaded that all these blessings God has in store for us, they are meant for all. But, that's a condition. And that is where I'm going to focus on today. Our precept in Luke 10.2 Luke 10.2 God gave us the condition which we must fulfill to enjoy the bountiful harvest. Say, therefore said he unto them the harvest truly is great. Somebody say great. great. What is the harvest? The unbelievers that needs to come to Jesus. The harvest is great. It's truly great. But the laborers, who are the laborers? Believers. Are few. You see the equation? The harvest is what? Truly great. But believers, the laborers, are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Now, I made a research to establish how great is really the harvest and how few are the laborers. Because I believe many of us, we only see only within our, our view you don't see the whole picture of what Christ was saying in the scriptures. And it's still saying right now. When you look at the population of the whole world, when Jesus said this word, 2018, if I look at it, at 1 AD, that is probably one year after Christ left, right? The population of the whole world then was just 300 million. That's the approximate population of the whole world. 300 million. But now, 2018 years thereafter, the population of the whole world is 7.5 billion. 
300 million to 7.5 what? Billion. Now, out of this 7.5, only 2.3 billion that form 31% are Christians, according to statistics. And among these 2.3 billion are people that are Christian by name. What is your religion? Christianity. What is your name? John. He doesn't even know where John is in the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. And they can't tell those ones also as what? Christians. Can you see the picture of where we are? And when I look at it, my best assumption was probably we only have one million believers in the whole world. Out of 7.5. Do you think God is happy? When in the scripture we were made to know that the intention of God is for all men to be saved. So when you look at the ratio, the harvest compared to the laborers, assuming one billion people saved and getting ready, ready for heaven. At Jesus' time, we have 500 believers. At least, the Bible says, Paul said he appeared to 500. Let's put them in 500. Compared to the population of the old world then, 300 million. 500 to 300 million. That is ratio less than 1%, 0.1% Christians in Jesus' time. And Jesus said, as at then, the harvest was what? Great. 0.1% of population, Jesus said, this other one, ah, the average is what? Great. That's probably 300 million. But now, if you look at 1%, 1 billion of 7.5, that's around 13%. So the remaining 6 million plus on their way to hell. Compare 1 billion to 6.5 billion. The harvest is great, and the laborers are few. And that's why Jesus said, pray ye, that more people will be saved. So that the equation will change, and the devil will not feel as if he's winning. In 2 Peter 3 9. We see the intention of God. Said the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men can't slackness, but is long suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish. Can you see that? Including your enemies. Not willing that any should perish including those wicked presidents that are punishing their nation, including those witches and wizards, if they decide to change. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. So what? So you are only saying, oh, we have one billion Christians going to heaven. God is looking for the old 7.5 billion to be saved. 
do we see it that way? Now, let's go back to John 15, 16. We have established that you are the laborers that we are talking of in this. John 15, 16. Say, ye have not chosen me. This is Jesus speaking. The CEO of the kingdom that we are in. Say, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now from that scriptures, we see our CEO, Jesus Christ, employing us to this work. We are employer in God's kingdom. You submitted your application the day you gave your life to Jesus. And thank God when Jesus interviewed you, he gave you the offer and you accepted. Did you accept it? You did. And so you are committed to work. You are committed to do the work for which you have been recruited for. Jesus appointed you and I to be able to be part of his laborers. Let's see Romans 8, 23, 8, 29, 29, Romans 8, 29. For God knew this, his people in advance. I'm reading for New Living Translation. New Living Translation. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And that's why Jesus said that whatever I did, the work that I did, you will do it and do what? Greater works. So, what is our job title? According to John 15, 16. John 15, 16. What is our job title? What is your job title? A laborer. Say it. Say it. Good. You are the one Jesus said we need to pray so that you will do your role. You will play your role and bring more souls. You are a laborer in this kingdom where Jesus is the CEO. John 9, 4, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comment when no man can walk. We must have a sense of duty like Jesus had. With all sense of humility, with every, everything you can get to be fully dedicated, committed, tireless, dutiful in winning souls for Christ. Because that is what you are recruited for. You are recruited to play this role. But are you doing it? Now, that is your title. What are your roles and responsibility? John 15, 16. You see there. John 15, 16. Your roles and responsibility as a laborers. Number one, you are to bring forth fruit. 
You are to preach the gospel. You are to win souls for the kingdom. You were recruited, saved unto the kingdom for you to get all that saved. Are you doing that? If your company employ you, you are not doing it. If you read John 15 from verse 1, it says you are not doing it. What, I would, what, what will I do to you? I will spoil you out. God will not spill any one of us out in Jesus' name. In Romans 10, 14 to 15, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Romans 10, 14 to 15. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Unless someone tells them, how shall they hear? The six billion plus people, how will they hear unless somebody tells them? Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? But you have been sent already. You have been chosen. You have been ordained. You have been saved. You have been sent. As it is written, how beautiful. You see the reward? At the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Number two, roles and responsibility. John 15, 16. John 15, 16, the fruit should remain. After winning the souls, it is your role, it is my role to ensure the fruit remain. To ensure the fruit matured. To ensure the fruit make it to heaven. So your job is not done until that soul you have won, including yourself, Make it to heaven. In Mark 16, 15, he gave us a clear formula about how this works. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature including the 7.5 billion. Every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So you are to go. And in verse 17, when you preach to them, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So you have gone. You preach to somebody. The person gets saved. He joins what? The laborers. And that is how it goes. And thank God, even the 30% that has been achieved in the last 2018 years, thank God because we are able to have one billion. No wonder Jesus said, when I come back, will I be able to see people ready for heaven on earth? But I've made up my mind, I'll be among that number. Will you be among the number? And the Lord will help you in the name of Jesus. So it keeps multiplying as a laborer. You win a soul, you follow him up, you ensure the soul stays with God until he makes heaven. And you yourself, you don't go away. And also in John 15, 16, you will see the blessings, which I call our salary. 
John 15, 16. You see your salary, your reward, and your benefit. Say that whatsoever ye ask of the Father, in my name, he may give it to you. Well, you must have done what? Labor for souls. And the labor and the seed you sown must have germinated and bring forth fruit that remain. Then whatsoever you ask of the Father, in my name, I will do it. So you see, the blessing is wonderful to get the blessing. But what are you doing to pay the price? That is what God has sent me to tell you this morning. Don't wait until the harvest time and you harvest the wind. None of us will harvest nothing in Jesus' name. Now is the seed time. Now is the time to win souls for God. So that when it is time for harvest, you will not be left behind. But you have to do your part. And my question to you this morning is, what have you done? January is gone. February is gone. You can't change anything about those two months again. The remaining 10 months, what is your plan as a laborer to carry out your roles and responsibilities? We see the examples of Elijah in 1 Kings 18. Elijah just prayed probably a two-minute prayer. And what happened? Fire fell. Just two minutes prayer. Do you know why? Because the motive was right. Elijah challenged the whole nation. Now you guys, you have gone far from God. You need to come back to God. And he told the people, let's have a contest. All your prophets of Baal, let them do whatever they do. And I will do what I will do too. But the God that answered by fire shall be our God. That is what? salvation drive. And the moment the man cried unto God, less than two minutes, fire fell and consumed everything. Because what? It was all about souls. Do you see the formula? I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I said the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. You know, when we preach this type of messages, many of us, when you come to church, you are only after the message that will tell you you'll be blessed only. Without paying a price. But God does not work that way. The promise of the month said what? There is seed time. And that's what? That is seed so my challenge is, what are you doing that God can, hold, can be able to hold? Oh, my son has done this to save soul. My daughter has done this to save soul. Then I am committed to bless him. I am committed to bless her. What are you doing? That is the question I've come to ask you this morning. Okay, let's go to how to help ourselves to be rightly positioned. How do we correctly position ourselves 
to carry out this role efficiently. Remember the role? Only two of them. Bring forth fruit. And number two, the fruit should what? Remain. It's all about that. Very straightforward job description. I wish that is my job description in the office. <laughs> Very straightforward. Every day, make sure you preach, win souls, and follow them up. Finish. Very simple. Straightforward. You can't forget it. You don't need any task and target, so to say, to be able to know this is my job description. And I'm to do it as much as I, as more souls I win, that will be the nature of the blessing. And you go after it with everything in you. So how do we correctly position ourselves to carry out this role efficiently so that we can get the bountiful harvest? Number one, every believer must accept his or her role as a laborer, commanded to win soul. If you don't put yourself in this condition, you don't have this mindset, there is no way you can be rightly positioned for harvest of soul or harvest of the best blessings. You must walk with this consciousness. You wake up in the morning, Jesus, every opportunity I will have to reach out to somebody today, I will not miss it. It does not happen by chance. Only God knows how many opportunities, many of us, we have lost because you are not conscious of it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 9, I want to show you something here. For you to know that every one of us, we are committed as laborers to play one role or the other. For souls to be saved and for souls to be preserved, to remain. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered it, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watered it are what? They are what? He that planted and he that watered it are one. Please, I need King James Version, not New King James Version. Verse 8. Now, I'll read that again. He that planted and he that watered are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own what? Do you see you again? So are you a laborer or not? Are you a laborer or not? Good. So I've come to give you your job description. Make sure you do it. Verse 9. For we are laborers. <laughs> you see it again. Whether you're a pastor, you're a member, you're a, a new convert, you're what? Laborers. You are laborers. Together with God, ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. You, you see your company now. You are employed in this company. What value are you adding to the company? It is a shared role. I'm going to use Paul as an example for, for you to see this picture that I'm trying to paint here now. When God says you are laborers, 
we all know in our offices, if it's only your MD that is in that office, will there be any return? Are you with me? Only your MD and he's sitting in one office and he's enjoying himself. Will there be any return for the company? There are people that work in various departments, various roles, various things, and everybody is still doing the same thing or bringing a bountiful return for that company. The same way in the kingdom of God. Apostle Paul was saying, we all know Apostle Paul, great man of God, wonderful. But do you know there are many people that labored with him that we never heard of? And if they did not play those roles, he would be able to get to where he got to. Just to show you an example. In Acts chapter 7, we saw Stephen praying for Paul to be saved. He said, Father, please do not count this sin against them. And the seed of salvation of Paul was sown. So, Apostle Paul was prayed for. Someone prayed for him, including the church. He got saved. And at a point, Jesus himself arrested him. Jesus posted the vacancy. And when he applied, Jesus interviewed him. Don't you know you are the, you are, I am the one you are, you, you, are, you are persecuting? And Jesus gave him an offer. And thank God, Paul accepted it. You see another role? And number three, Ananias was asked to be called to confirm Paul. You know the way they confirm you after three months? The person that did the confirmation of Paul was who? Ananias. So he played his own role as a laborer. Priscilla and Aquila, they were his support. They supported him, housed him, did everything for Paul to become what he became. Now, another one that will interest you, a small boy, his nephew, was part of the laborers. When they were going to kill Paul, he was the one that got the information. And it came to Paul that they have said they will not hit until they kill you. That nephew was what? A laborer. So you see the network. You see the network of things. The network of roles in the house of God. But which one are you playing? That's my question for you today. Are you working for God or you are just doing it? You are just indifferent. When they finish, they should let us go. What are you doing for God? Are you just warming benches for him? Or you are actively involved in laboring for souls. And thank God for Paul himself. Because he knew the formula of multiplication of laborers. He himself sold into the life of people. And brought up people like Timothy. And that's the way it is. And he ensured Timothy remained, as we saw in John 15, 16, by nurturing him until he became matured. Know that you are a laborer on assignment everywhere you are under heaven. Your office is your mission feed. Did you hear that? Your neighbors, your neighborhood, is your mission feed. What are you doing there? Among your professional colleagues, 
that is your preaching altar. What are you doing there? Are you spoiling the name of God by your attitude there or you are preaching the gospel? Many of them will not come to church to see us read Bible. You are the one they are reading. Are they reading devil's Bible or God's Bible? You are playing a role in liberals. Are they excited to come to Christ by the way you live your life? Or they're already saying, if this is the way Christians behave, no, I will never be one. By the way you are living your life among them. There was an example of an housemaid in the house of Naaman. We all know the story. That girl was taken to a strange land as a slave, and she was serving under Naaman. And she discovered that there's an opportunity for me to preach about the God of Israel in this house. What did she do? She told the woman of the house, if only Oga can go to Israel, he will be healed. Can you see how, how minute you can have impact as a laborer? And that's why I'm asking you, which one, if God should appear to you in the next five months, what are you going to write as your achievement this year in winning souls for Christ? Or you are just coming to get only the blessing. But have you labored for the blessing? There was another story of Joseph. I gave you that illustration at the beginning. Joseph was another laborer in a strange country. But thank God, Joseph was faithful. He delivered all his role with the mindset of a laborer for God, as a slave, as a servant, as a prisoner, even as a prime minister. He never lose focus that he is a laborer. He was a laborer in the house of God. In the service of God. And number two, way that I'm going to go through a principle how you can rightly position yourself. Positioning yourself to be able to play your role efficiently. And I'm going to adapt from one of the, what we call the three G's of mission. But this one I will call it the three G's of harvesting souls. Three G's of harvesting souls. Number one is give your resources for the harvest. Number two, grow fervently for the harvest. And number three, go for the harvest. I'll tell that again. I don't have time again. Give your resources for the harvest. That's the fourth G. Number two, grow fervently for the harvest, that is effective prayers, then go for the harvest. Let's take number one before we close. Give your resources for the harvest. The first thing you need to give unto God is your life. If you have not given it, you cannot give what you don't have. Shortly, I'm going to be making an altar call. 
If you are still coming to church, and day after day, week after week, we are giving you opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus, and you have refused to do it, sorry, you are not yet a laborer. You are still among the six billion that are yet to be saved. But remember, Christ can come anytime, including now. Will you be ready to meet your God? Jesus told Peter and Andrew, say, follow me. Become a Christian force. Be saved. And now we what? Make you a fisher of men. You need to be saved first before you can become a laborer. So give your life, which is your most precious resources. Give your life to Christ if you have not. And of course, after giving your life, begin to make sure you are living a holy life so that you will not be like those people encounter when you want to travel. Do you know many of those people that give you your boarding pass? They have never entered a, a, a plane before. In Nigeria, we call them agbiro. They know how to put people in flight, in the bus, but they themselves, they are not going. Don't be a Christian like that. Preaching to people and you are living a life that does not glorify Jesus. You are not living a holy life. You are not going anywhere. Okay, what else do you give? Give your time. Serve God. Find a place to be serving God in his house as a laborer. Find great time to be serving God. Come to prayer meeting. That is part of your labor. And you need to do it faithfully. Visitation for your seat to remain. You must do what? Visitation. You must follow up. You must counsel. You must encourage. Be a church worker. Join any of the team. You know, my heart rejoiced this morning when I was playing there and I saw one of our brothers. It's the first day I will know that he's not an usher. I was so glad when I saw him. That, oh, this brother is now a worker. Wonderful. That is the way it should be. You have been in this church for more than three months and you are yet to join a group. Are you a laborer? Are you a laborer or not? The wisest thing you can do is to be a part of what God is doing. By the grace of God, I am a product of someone that God saved in the church. Someone was an usher in that meeting. That person was part of people that got me saved. Someone was the counselor on that day. It's not only the preacher. When I get to heaven, all those people that are in that meeting, they are part of, I'm part of, I am their converts. Are you with me? Are you with me? That's the way it works. What else do you give? Give your money. Give your resources. Support mission. Support missionaries. Lighten their weight. Many of us are wasting food here, wasting money. You don't even know what to spend with money. And someone wants to preach the gospel. He doesn't have money to, to eat. And you are, not, you are doing nothing. Support the needy. Support the less privileged. Jesus said that in Matthew 25, 33 to 46. He said, when you are giving to the needy, who are you giving it to? Jesus. There's no law in a man that stops you from giving your life to Jesus. I believe everybody knows that. <laughs> no law in a man says you should not give your life to Jesus. 
No law and no man say you should not give your money or your resources. But many of us, we have constrained ourselves. Oh, I mean, no man, I cannot do that, I cannot do this. No. And number two, groan fervently for the harvest. That summarily says, pray for laborers. Jesus said this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest that he will send more laborers, more believers, more evangelists, more missionaries, more people to preach the gospel, more people to come to church and become workers so that they will be laboring for souls. You can write Romans 10, 1 to 3 and 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. Now, let me read 1 Timothy 2, 4. Many of us, we call this scripture, but you don't know what prayer we're actually supposed to be praying for these people, the leaders of our nation. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. I extort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving on thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in goodness, in godliness and honesty. That is good. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our leaders, leaders of our nation. But look at verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, which is the core prayer we should be praying for them. Who will have all men to be saved, including your president? Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth? That is the core prayer we should be praying for them. We are to pray until they are saved, including all your family members. You are to pray and never to give up on them. Many of us are family members that are yet to be saved. Please, my encouragement is don't give up on them. Pray until they are saved. Give them no peace until what? They are saved. There's no law in no man that stops you from praying and fasting for souls. And finally, go for the harvest. That's the third G. Go for the harvest simply means go and witness. I have told you your mission feed. So don't tell me, oh, I'm not in mission feed. Are you in mission feed or not? Where's your mission feed? Your office. Your office is your mission feed. Your professional colleagues. Do you know many of us, when you are, when you got born again from, you are formerly a Muslim or a Hindu, whatever, that is one of your mission feed. Those people, you understand them more than we, that we didn't come from that. If I talk to a doctor now, there are jargons I'll be speaking. But if I talk to engineers, I can present, present the gospel better to an engineer than a doctor. Are you with me? That is the way it is. God has put you among those professionals. If you are a nurse, you preach the gospel, you can link it to your profession. And what happens? See, people getting saved. Jesus, what do I have to offer this woman so that I can understand what I have? Okay, I will use this water. You remember John 4? Jesus used the water that was available to reach out to that man. Are you using your profession to reach out to souls? Your position, are you using it to reach out for souls? Use every available opportunity to sow the seed of salvation. You see the social media today. And of course, you, your profile picture does not even show you are a Christian at all. Many of us, our profile picture cannot preach to somebody. Should that be the case? No. 
in your Facebook. Cannot somebody see your Facebook? He said, oh, this man will still be with us. And they will start sending you nonsense messages. Your dressing should preach the gospel. Everything about you, your messages, your WhatsApp group, you should be a light within that WhatsApp group, not the one that will be throwing nonsense. And the WhatsApp group will say, I apologize. Oh, sorry, it was a mistake. Be sensitive, however, in the way you preach in this country. And why do I say that? Be, be attentive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It was the angel that told Philip, join yourself to that chariot. And the Enoch got saved. God had to force Peter to go preach to Cornelius. But Peter paid for it. Peter was quoting law for the one that made law. <laughs> but remember again, at a point, the Holy Ghost said, Paul, don't go there. Don't go to Asia. So there are right times that you need to do it. And with the wisdom of God, we will all labor to get the bountiful harvest this year in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said we will all labor to get the bountiful harvest this year in the name of Jesus. Amen. And finally, let me give you this final statistics, just to encourage somebody. Oman law does not stop you from preaching to expatriates. And you know the population of expatriates in this country, out of 4.5 Million in Omar, 2.3. 2 million, rather, 2 million expatriates. And when I check, check it on Google as well, out of that 2 million that they claim are expatriates, only like 100,000 are Christians. Go and check it. Because they said like 300 Christians. And out of that 300 Christians, we have Christians that are just what? by name. So in this Oman, you have minimum 1.9 million people you can preach to that are not Omani. What are you doing about it? The Lord does not stop you from doing that. What are you doing about that? Let's be on our feet. It is time to remove every barrier that we have been putting on our ways from preaching the gospel. Many of us is fear, procrastination. Well, I will tell him tomorrow. I will tell her tomorrow. If you are in that category, please remove those barriers. And I want us to begin to pray right now. I say, Lord, give me the grace to labor for soul. I know I'm a laborer in your house. Help me not to be lazy. Help me not to procrastinate. Go ahead and pray that prayer. And if you are here, you are not born again. I want to give you this opportunity to give your life to Christ now. You know you are not born again. You are not a child of God. You are not ready for Christ. If you should come today, you need to give your life first. Can I see your hands up? The rest of us, please be praying that prayer that God will give you the grace to labor for soul. Everything, the target you need to set, every step you need to take, God will give you the grace. If you are here, you are not born again, please, I want to pray with you so that you can become born again and you join this laborer force of the Lord. Is there anybody there you want to give your life to Jesus? Let's remain in an attitude of prayer.
And as you remain in that attitude of prayer, just take a moment to thank God for the word of God that you have just heard. Thank God for the flourishing seasons in your life. Thank God for the overflowing blessings in your life. Thank God that he has chosen you to be a laborer in his kingdom. Thank God for the fruit you have already borne. Thank God for the fruit that you have helped mature and the fruit that remains, but there is still work to be done. Thank God that you and I can walk, can talk. We have the opportunity to go and do what God wants us to do. Father, we thank you for this word that you have brought across to us, Lord. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us to be worthy to serve as laborers in your kingdom, Lord. Father God, not my will, but let it be all about what you want to be done, Lord. Father God, you have already issued the orders and the commands. Help us, Lord Father, not to be seated any longer, but to move, to go, to share the word, to plant the seed and to bring in the harvest. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us again that there is a task to be done. All glory be unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We will read verses 23 to 32, and you can take your seats as we do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 23, the second part, onwards. The Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. To all of us out here who are going to partake of the Lord's table, 
As you come forward, remember with gratitude what the Lord has done. His death and resurrection has given us life. He bore our sins that we may have life and life in abundance. And as we come forward, come with personal preparation. The Lord, the Bible says, let a man examine himself and let him not partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Take a moment in an attitude of prayer to examine your lives right now. Think of who you have been. Look at yourself. And if your life has not been right in some area or the other, if in some area you have fallen short of the standards that the Lord has set for us, you must now confess your wrongdoings to the Lord and ask him to forgive you. God's grace is freely available to all who ask. Do not come in an unworthy manner, but talk to God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again, Lord Father, of partaking of the bread and the wine, Lord. And as we do so, Lord Father, help us to come, Lord, recognizing that sacrifice which you made on the cross. And as you died and as you rose again, Lord Father, you gave us life. I, who was dead, could not live by myself, and you had to do it for me, Lord. Help me to recognize, help every one of us to recognize that without you, we would all be dead, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, bless the cup and the bread as we partake of it, Lord Father. And Father God, every person who comes up to this table, we ask that your presence be mighty with them, Lord. That you will honor their faith, Lord Father, as they come up, and you will bless them, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, please remember the Lord's table is for all those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior and have obeyed him in going through the waters of baptism by immersion. So if you haven't done this, please abstain from the Lord's table. Please meditate on the word of God and consider, look at your own lives and consider receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior at the earliest. For those of us partaking of the Lord's table, the ushers will now guide us as you come forward.
control I find rest in your presence, sun, food, and soft joy. In wonder and wonder, I behold your faith, singing what a faithful God and what a faithful God I Yes, you're a faithful God. You are faithful in every way. Yes, you're. Yes, you're. Faithful you are to me. Lord of mercy. I cry to the storm of the bigger. You are the song in the night. Hope your will hear my heart, sweet Lord. Sing it
As I see you stepping into my month, into my days, as I see you helping me, as I see you changing things for me, as I see you bringing the souls, as I see you making all things new, as I see you doing the impossible, just as we have declared, I will be still. Are you praying? I will be still. No, you are God. I will be still this month. To see the salvation that you are wrought on my behalf, I will be still. To see your mighty works, I will be still. See you doing the impossible again. I will be still. See you making all things new. I will be still. See you bringing the souls, bringing the harvest this month of March. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Father, we thank you for a glorious time today. It's been awesome in your presence. We bless you. We worship you. We thank you for this great month of March and for the way you have begun with us. As if we should not end this service because of a truth, your presence is here. We return all the glory to you. 
in the name of Jesus. Lord, we go into this month fully persuaded that only the impossible shall become possible in our lives. Every impossible situation shall be turned in our favor. In the name of Jesus, we receive the souls that you are bringing by yourself, by your hand, and as we partner with you, just as we have been taught today, we declare that every soul that you are giving to us, we shall labor to see them saved and see them established in your kingdom in the name of Jesus. And the blessings that follows the laborer shall be our portion in fullness in the name of Jesus. No tragedy in any house this month. In your family, there shall be no weeping. There shall be no accident. There shall be no tragedy. The Lord will remove your shoulder from everybody. The Lord will break every yoke off your neck. In the name of Jesus, it shall be a month of master breakthroughs for you. You are breaking forth on every side. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. Everyone you have used in this service to bless us today, Lord, bless them in return. Your servant that minister the word, let your hand be stronger upon his life. Greater depth of revelation as the days go by for him in the name of Jesus. Bless his family unusually. Bless leadership unusually. Bless everyone serving in this church unusually. Lord, bless every member of this church, wherever they are, here or abroad, in the name of Jesus. Let this month be the month that our star testimonies shall be delivered. In the name of Jesus, whatever is causing you to share secret tears in the corner of your house, my God will put an end to it this month. In the name of Jesus. This week shall be a week of celebration, a week of jubilation, a week of liberation, a week of distinction, a week of restoration. This is your week. God will arise for you this week and your story will change. Your level will change. You are going forward. You are making progress. In the name of Jesus, good news coming for you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The zeal of the Lord of us shall perform it. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name in Jesus' precious name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Our bountiful harvest is sure as we commit to tirelessly labor for souls. Congratulate your neighbor and tell him your harvest is sure. Your harvest is sure. Your harvest is sure. God bless you. See you. God bless you. See you next Friday. Your harvest is sure. Hallelujah. Praise God.